I want you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Romans, the first chapter. First chapter of the, uh, of the book of Romans, and I'm going to read verses um, 3 and 4. Two great verses that will speak to us about the resurrection of Jesus and what it means to us in this room this morning. Romans chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Says in verse 3 of Romans 1, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. And here it is, and declared to be the Son of God with power by his resurrection from the dead. Paul said, Now he was born of the seed of David. But you need to understand, any question as to who he was, was answered when he was raised from the dead. Listen to these words, declared to be the Son of God with power by his resurrection from the dead. In this same chapter in verse 16, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christ, he's alive Because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Today I want to speak to you on the power of the risen Christ. You know, I believe it was Wednesday morning that, uh, no it's Tuesday that my daughter-in-law Brenda called me and said, uh, uh, I want you to, if you, are you going to be available in the morning? I said, yeah. She said, uh, I I want you and... uh, and uh, to babysit for uh, me a couple of hours while I go to the doctor. Well, that, that, was, uh, that was good. And, and so it was my assignment in Ann's at 9 o'clock on Wednesday to babysit for Brandon, who is six. He's my grandson and our grandson. And for Kelly, our great-granddaughter. Now, Brandon's six. Kelly is four and a half. So I decided, well, what am I going to do for these four hours? I mean, two hours. Seemed like four hours. What am I going to do for these two hours? I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Everybody's on spring break. I'm just going to take them to Dolphin Island. I I just had this brilliant idea. I said, we can be there in 45 minutes. So I never will get, I got them and they had the car seats and strapped them in the back seat. And so we headed for Dolphin Island. And you know, I said, no, this is a great time. I've got them sitting back there and we can have a little teaching time. We just can have a little teaching time. And so I thought I'd go, I said, now listen. Kelly, you and Brandon, you need to understand that this is a special week. Now, Friday is Good Friday. Now, you might wonder why we call it Good Friday, because that was the day that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Well, Kelly, only four, she's kind of impulsive and loud. So I said, now, you need to realize it's Friday is the day that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And she shouted from the back seat, but he's alive. I said, now, Kelly, I know that, but you need to understand that on Friday, he died on the cross for our sin. She said, no, but he's alive. I could not get her to listen to me about Friday. She was preoccupied with the fact that Jesus is alive. That's not bad, y'all. Because you know all over the world today, oh, Friday, many people pause to celebrate the cross but I tell you all over the world today, but people are saying, but you don't understand. But he's alive. But he's alive. But he's alive. He's not in a tomb. He's alive. Amen. 
That changes everything. It really does. Changes how we view life. Changes how we view eternity. And just makes us understand the power of the risen Christ. Now, it's wonderful that Jesus is alive. But let me ask you a personal question. Is Jesus alive in you? Is he alive in you? No, let me, let, me, let me take that question a little further. What difference did Jesus make in your life last week? Did it make any difference in your life Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? Did it make any difference that Jesus was not in the tomb, but that he's alive with the power to forgive and the power to save and the power to change? I mean, what difference did it make that Jesus Christ was alive What difference did it make in your life last week? There are three things I want us to notice this morning about the power of the risen Christ. We need to understand that because Jesus was raised from the dead, declared to be the Son of God with power. The power of the risen Christ is this. He has the power to forgive our sins. Do you realize that the forgiveness of our sin is directly tied to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead? You say, no, 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 pastor. It was on the cross that Jesus paid the price for our sin. On the cross, Jesus took the penalty of our sin. You're exactly right. You say it was on the cross that he broke the power of sin so we wouldn't have to live as sinners every day. And one day, because of the cross, he'll save us from the presence of sin. But you've got to understand, had he stayed in the grave, that sacrifice would not, meant that God did not accept that sacrifice. Did you know that? The fact that the sacrifice that Jesus offered for your sins and my sins, the fact that God the Father accepted it was declared forever when the fact that he raised him from the dead. You see, Jesus is sinless. He is the sinless Lamb of God. And death had no claim on him. The soul that sins, it will die, but Jesus had never died. The wages of sin is death, but Jesus had never sinned. And so death had no claim on the Son of God. He was sinless. And so when he went to the cross and said, I'm going to take your penalty. I'm going to take the penalty of all your sins. I'm going to take it, and I'm going to die for you. And and I'm going to die so that you can be set free from the power of sin. And I'm going to die so one day you can come to heaven. But I want to tell you something. The resurrection is living proof that God accepted his sacrifice. And if we ever wondered, was his sacrifice for my sin sufficient? Was it enough? I'm telling you, the resurrection proves it. You say, well, where does that say, Brother Fred? Where does it say that The resurrection proves that God accepted his sacrifice and that our sins could be forgiven. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I want you to listen to verse 14. You say, are you telling me that our forgiveness is tied to Jesus' resurrection? Oh, yes, no forgiveness without the cross, but no forgiveness without resurrection. It's right here in the Bible. Listen to it. 1 Corinthians 15, 14. And if Christ is not risen then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Those are pretty strong words. He said, if Jesus is still in the tomb, your faith is empty, your preaching is empty, and your faith is empty. But then he says it. Listen at verse 17 
of 1 Corinthians 15. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. What? He said, oh, yes. Praise God. The victory over sin was won on the cross. We don't have to die in our sins. We can be forgiven of our sins. And we can be accepted by God through the precious blood of Christ. But he says here, if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. So, the the resurrection declares to us that the risen Christ has the power to forgive your sins. i tell you one thing. We come from different backgrounds and we all have different personalities. And there are a lot of differences in our lives. But every one of us have one thing in common. We all need to be forgiven of our sins. The only person who ever, the only human who ever never sinned was Jesus Christ. He was the son of man, the son of David. He was the lamb of God without spot and blemish. But the Bible says of each one of us, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Without the cross, the, the substitutionary death of Jesus on our behalf, and without the resurrection where God said, I accepted that sacrifice and sins are paid for. I'm telling you, without the power of the risen Christ, we would die in our sins. So, declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, the power of the risen Christ to forgive our sins. But also, there's another aspect the power of the risen Christ not only to forgive our sins, but praise God, the power of the risen Christ to give us victory over death, over the grave. And over hell. That's part of the victory. But it's also another one. The power of the risen Christ to forgive our sins. But listen to this. Declared to be the Son of God with power. It is the power of the risen Christ to enable you and me to live a holy life. To live an obedient life. And to live a life that is righteous. You remember we sang the little chorus, I will never be the same again. I've changed, I've turned. You know, we don't have the power to change ourselves. Let me tell you something. You know, we say, well, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. You turn it over, it doesn't do any good. You've turned over so many new leaves, you turn, well, you've worn out the pages. I mean, come on. Well, I'm, I'm going to change. I'm not going to be that way anymore. I'm not going to say those things, do those things. Go. But listen to me. You do not have the power to change yourself. You don't. If you could, you already would have. You say, well, I've made some improvements. I understand. But I'm talking about changing who you are on the inside. And so the power of the resurrection is that through the risen Christ, we have the power to live an obedient life to God, a holy life, a life that pleases God, and a righteous life. Now, how is that possible? It is possible because Jesus comes to live in us. You know, that's why I ask you the question. What difference did Jesus make in your life last week? He's alive, yes. But how did it affect you? How did it affect what you said? How did it affect the way you treated people? How did it affect where you went? What difference did Jesus make in your life last week? And see, the the difference should be this. That not only do you know you're forgiven, but you know he gives me the power to live an obedient life. He gives me the power to please God. 
You see, there's a great verse in Romans 10, chapter 9. I want you to listen to this. When I first saw this last statement in this verse, I said, you know, that, that's right. In Romans 10, 9, it says this. If when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we will be saved by his life. Saved by his life. Now, this is what that verse says. When we were enemies, when we were, in, we were separated from God. Sin separates us from God. But when we were enemies, we were reconciled. We were brought together with God by his death on the cross. Now being reconciled, but get this, we're saved by his life. You said, no, Brother Fred, I thought we were saved by his death. Oh, yes, it is the death of Christ, his shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins that purchases and pays for our salvation. But the power to live a Christian life comes from the fact that Jesus is alive. Listen, and he's come to live inside of us. We will be saved by his life. You know, I, somebody asked me, and I answered it is in absolute honesty. Is the Christian life difficult? I said, no, it's impossible because you can't live the Christian life in your own power. The message of the gospel is this, that not only did Jesus die to save us, but he rose to come and live inside of us and give us the power to live the Christian life. You, you say, well, you know, I just can't stop getting drunk. Well, God never said you could. He, he never said you could. Well, I just can't stop being selfish. Well, he, he never said you could. You say, well, I, I just can't stop being bitter. Well, he never said you could. See, the thing is, you can't stop anything that's got you in its grip in your own power. Do you understand? You struggle, you strive, you make New Year's resolutions, you make vows, but it's not long till they just crumble into dust before you. Listen to me. The power to live an obedient life, the power to live a righteous life, the power to live a Life that pleases God comes from the fact that Jesus not only died for you, but he has come to live inside of you. We are saved by his life. You say, well, no wonder I just keep struggling because I'm trying to do it in my own power. If Christians ever get a hold of the fact, I mean, if we really grasp the fact that Jesus has come to live inside of us by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to listen to these verses. I mean, it, it's so clear. Why, somehow, why do we keep struggling and striving? Well, in my own power, I'm going to serve God. In my own power, I'm overcome temptation. In my own power, I'm not going to sin. In my own power, I'm going to stay sober. In my own power, I'm going to tell the truth. In the, my own power, I'm not going to be selfish or bitter. You can't do that in your own power. It's only by the power of Christ. Now, listen to this verse. Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I'm alive. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Wow. Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in this body, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I woke up this morning. I, I, I don't have any power to, to live the Christian life. But you know the glorious truth is, Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit, lives in me. Did you know that's your testimony? 
Now you walk up this you woke up this morning and, and, and you don't have any power in your own strength to live the Christian life. But you say, I know one thing, Pastor. I'm saved. Jesus Christ lives in me. Well, the power to live a holy life and to live an obedient life and to live a righteous life comes from the fact that Jesus Christ lives in us. Man, he's not in heaven in us down here. Now, he's in heaven at the right hand of the Father physically, but he has come to live in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, there are two verses that if you put them together, Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In other words, sin keeps us from the glory of God in our life. But now I want you to listen to this verse. It's the answer. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But then Colossians 1.27, Christ in you. Now, wait a minute. Not Christ in the church. Not Christ in a book. Christ in you. The hope of God's glory. You know, we lost the glory of God when we sinned, but Jesus Christ comes to live in us, and now the glory of God can be restored in us. Somehow, it breaks my heart to see people who I believe are saved. I believe that Jesus does live in them, but they're still struggling and striving, trying to live for the Lord in their own power. They say, listen, I know Jesus got me in the boat, but I've got to row my own boat. I know Jesus saved me, but now I've got to do it. Now listen to me. Jesus not only saved you and put you in the boat, he's the power to make the boat go. Jesus not only saves you, he's the one who lives in you, and he's the only one that can give you the power to live the Christian life. You know, I I love uh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ by struggling. It's not what it says. I can do all things through Christ by striving and making better effort and being religious. No. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. Listen, a dead Christ... A Christ who's still in a tomb could not help you in your daily life. But he's alive. And when you became a Christian, he came to live inside of you. And it is Christ in you that is the hope of glory. You are saved by his life. And the strength to do those things that God calls you to do is by the fact that I can do all things through Christ who lives in me. What difference did Jesus make in your life last week? Did it make any difference that he's alive? Did it affect the way you treated your wife? Did it affect the way you treated the people at work? Did it affect what you looked at and listened to? I'm just asking you, what difference did it make last last week that Jesus is alive in your life? You see, it is his presence that gives us the power to live a holy and a righteous and obedient life. Please get this analogy. It's absolutely awesome. Jesus was fixing to leave. And he wanted to tell his disciples, now look, I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to come back and live in you by the Holy Spirit. And then he he used this story. He said, now, I'm the vine. We know what a vine is. It's a vine that it can bear fruit. It can bear flowers, a vine. And he said, now, you're the branches. Now, so here's a vine and here's a branch. I became very aware of the vine and the branch and I'm not a yard worker but I was trying to look in our shrubbery yesterday and I think we got more blackberries than we got shrubbery (laughs) I never seen so many briars I said where did these things come from 
And, and I found out, boy, he, not only was there a big branch, but boy, here was that vine coming out of that blackberry thing. And it had some blackberries on it. I hadn't picked them yet, but I'm thinking about it. But anyway, one thing I know that if that branch wasn't in that vine, it would die. Now, Jesus said, I, I'm the vine and you're a branch. Abide in me. He said, my life is going to flow from the vine. It's going to flow from the vine, and it's going to flow into you. He said, so you abide in me, and I'll abide in you. Now, the word means to trust in, to cling to, and rely on. Jesus said, you trust in me, cling to me, and rely on me, and my life in the vine will flow into you, and you're a branch. He said, now listen, you need to abide in me, and I abide in you, because without me, you can do nothing. He said, without my life flowing into you by the Holy Spirit. He said, Fred, you can't do anything. You can't love your wife. You can't love your kids. You can't overcome temptation. Listen to me. This is the power of the risen Christ. It is the power to forgive our sins. But it is the power of the risen Christ to come and live in us and to give us the power to live a holy and obedient and a life that pleases God. I love Philippians 1.21. Get this. For me to live is Christ. Man, he lives in me. For me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Here, here's the last thing. The power of the risen Christ is not only the power to forgive our sins. But the power of the risen Christ is that Christ has come to live in us. And we can live a holy and obedient and a righteous life. But the last thing is the power of the risen Christ is that Jesus gives us the victory. The power of the risen Christ gives us the victory over, the gra- over death, over the grave, and over hell. And we can live eternally in heaven. I love this passage. You know, I, I don't know how many um, funerals I've done in these 54 years that I've been, 53 years I've been preaching I don't know how many I've done, but I, I, many, many times when I knew this person was a Christian, knew that they died in Christ, man, I love that passage over in 1 Corinthians 15. I want to tell you something about the power of the risen Christ. He gives us the victory, the power over death and over the grave. I'm going to tell you something. Death is our enemy. The Bible, the Bible describes death as our enemy. It says the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. God never intended for Adam to die. He never intended for Adam to die a physical death. He never did, but Adam sinned, and death became Adam's victory, uh, Adam's, Adam's enemy. And so death is our enemy, and the grave is our enemy. But oh, listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 53. This corruptible body must put on incorruption. This mortal body, when you die, must put on immortality. Well, when this corruptible body has put on incorruption and this mortal body has put on immortality, we're going to live forever. Then shall be brought to pass the saying, listen, death is swallowed up in victory. He said, because Jesus died on that cross and rose from the dead. One day at the resurrection, this corruptible body is going to be incorruptible. It's going to be new. This mortal body is going to be immortal. And then when all that has happened, we're going to shout, well, death 
has been swallowed up in victory. And then it co- talks about it. Listen in verse 55. Oh, death, where is your sting? I tell you, it's a real sting. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? It seems like the grave says, I have the final word. And he says, no. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. Death's a reality because we have sinned. And the strength of sin is the law. But here it is. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God gives us the victory in Jesus over death. God gives us victory in Jesus over the grave. He said, death, where is your victory? Where is it? Oh, grave, where is death? Where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? You've lost it. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, he took the sting out of death. And he gave us victory over death and over the grave. Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus, had just died. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Jesus said, your brother's going to rise again. Now, he was so close to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He said, your brother's going to rise again. Martha said, well, I know that in the resurrection he'll rise again. Jesus said, listen to me, Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus looked at her and said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said, well, I believe you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Here's the truth. If Jesus doesn't come back in our lifetime, our physical body will die. But immediately our spirit, our soul will go to be with Jesus. I'm talking about a child of God. And our body will go back to the dust awaiting the resurrection. So really, we may die physically, but we'll never die. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. What difference does it make that Jesus is alive? What difference does it make in your life every day that Jesus is alive? Are you living in the power of the risen Christ? Are you living in the power of his victory over sin? I'm forgiven. Are you living in the power to live a life that is obedient? I'm not overcome by sin and temptation. I mess up sometimes, but I have the power to obey God, the power to please God, the power to love people, the power to overcome temptation. I mean, are you living in the power of his resurrection? And are you living with the confidence that death has lost its sting? The grave has lost its victory. It's just an open door into eternity. I want to close with one of the most powerful things that I ever saw God do. And it's just the reason I'm closing with it is to show you the power of the risen Christ. A few years ago, it's been about 15 years ago, someone said to me, Brother Fred, there's a gentleman in Providence Hospital, and I want you to go by and see him. It's my understanding he's, he was almost 60 at the time. He hadn't been in church in, since he was uh, nine years old. And said, now you need to understand, he just found out he has cancer. And said, now when you go to visit him in Providence, the lady that's in the room with him, he's living with her, but he's not married to her. I said, okay. And so, you know, you, kinda, you don't know what kind of reception you're going to get. He didn't know me. This was a friend who asked me. So I never will forget. I can remember going to Providence Hospital. I can remember where the room was. I I can remember walking into his room. And it's almost like he he was really glad to see me, even though he was a lost man. 
And it's almost like immediately there was something, a spark went off in his spirit and my spirit. And, and really, to be honest, we, we became good friends. I, you know, I began to talk to him on a regular basis. I never will forget he uh, took my, uh, my wife and I out, out to eat. And, and we just got to be good friends. And, and he was doing pretty good. Now, he wouldn't come to church. But he started watching us on television every Sunday. And he'd watch at home. Well, he was doing good. The cancer was in remission. But it came back. Now, at this point, he was not saved. He did not know the power of the risen Christ. And so he realized that it was back. So he knew that he had to, he, he's probably going to die. He knew that. I kept encouraging him. So he went back to M.D. Anderson. He was a rather wealthy man, and he took with him his accountant, and he took with him his lawyer. And he was out at M.D. Anderson, and they basically told him that was nothing else they could do. And so he was there, and I don't know how many days he'd been there, but with his accountant, he was getting all of his financial things in order, and with his lawyer, he was getting all of his legal things in order. And he told me this. He said, sitting on the side of that bed, God spoke to me and said, Don, you're a fool. You're taking care of your financial matters. You're taking care of your legal matters, but you're neglecting your eternal soul. And shortly after that, he picked up the telephone, called me from the hospital room in Houston, and he, and he told me exactly those words. And he said, Brother Fred, I'm going to be back in Mobile in a couple of days, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to come see you, and I'm going to take care of my eternal soul. I never will forget. He came, and I remember there in my study as he got on his knees in that chair, and he repented of his sins. And Jesus Christ came into a man's life would not darken the doors of a church for over 50 years. And the risen Christ forgave his sin and broke the power of sin and changed his life. And you know, he lived a while after that. But you know, he wasn't the same. You see, the power of the risen Christ had not only forgiven his sin, but the power of the risen Christ had changed his life. And now he had the power to be and to do. And I married him and the lady. And, and then I, I was there with him beside his bed when he died. And saw the peace of God that was on him. And the peace of God that was in his heart. And as I whispered in his ear, you know, Don, you're going to be with Jesus. Now listen to me. The chances of him ever getting saved were slim to none. But you've got to understand something. Jesus is alive. And he has the power of the risen Christ. And I'm telling you, he can not only forgive your sins, and he can not only change your life, but I won't tell you, he can give you victory over, the, over death and over the grave and over hell. But you know, he won't force himself on you. He won't do that. The decision is ultimately <coughs> yours. You have to answer the question Pilate asked. What shall we do with Jesus who is called the Christ? They cried crucify him. Let me ask you that question. What will you do with Jesus who is risen, who is alive, and who is present? What will you do with him? What difference did he make in your life last week? What difference does it make that he's alive? I trust you will say as Don did. Man, I'm not going to neglect my eternal soul. I'm going to get my heart in the hands of the living God. You say, I've done that, Pastor. Praise God. 
God bless you. But if you haven't, you be sure that you don't live another day without asking God to forgive you of your sins and asking Jesus Christ to save your soul. He'll do it, and he will.